I'm Evelyn and I'm a geoholic. Just a young gun with the quick fuse. I was uptight, wanna let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things and wanna leave my old life behind. Not a yes, sir, not a follow-up. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the Let this one go, huh? Just, just let it, I just, I'm in a good place right now. <laughs> That's all right. I love this song. There we go. There it is. There we go. All right, let's move on with this. Welcome back, Geoholics. Here we are, episode 170. 170 is what Sean wow. would typically say right now. 170. Wow. I know. It's a lot. Unbelievable. It's a lot of action. And we have got a lot to talk about here in the opening segment. I'm in a really good place right now. Uh, we know. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just keep going. We good? Okay, yeah. good. Um, lots of exciting things happening. Yes. Um, first and foremost, I got all of my spring maintenance done today. <laughs> I got all the light bulbs changed in my oh, landscape geez. lights. I got my air conditioning unit fixed up. Got my windows cleaned. It was an incredibly productive afternoon for me. So it puts me in a really good you, mood. Mm, do you like how he says productive for him? Exactly. That's mm. exactly where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Peter. It's like, oh, productive for you personally. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I'm working uh-huh. all along as, while that's happening oh. around me. Very efficiently working Absolutely. while all this is happening around you. Absolutely. And it, uh, it was a very productive afternoon. Uh, what else? It is Bonspiel weekend coming up. Super excited about that. Oh, yeah. yeah and okay. the biggest news is that we are on the precipice of moving into a new studio space. Oh, the, the new space we are so excited Yay. about. Uh, first and foremost, we need to come up with a name for the new studio, other than, of course, our, our spot. But the, there's got to be a, you know, is it, is it the new spot? Is it the... Is it 36th Street? I mean, there's, it's got to have some kind of uh, moniker. You know what? Well, here's how it makes me feel. I feel like you and I are fraternity brothers moving into the house for the first time. Ah, and because uh, it's like he's well, calling we, me. He's we, like, we, I got a couch. And I'm like, I got a kegerator. <laughs> yes. just, I, we, we've been living in the dorms for the yes. last two years. Yes. Under restriction from a, a, a mean RA, yep. we finally got the you know got accepted into the frat house, yep. and yep. we're just gathering up all the old crappy furniture we can find, exactly. and it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a blast. Maybe we should start a fraternity. I, I think we should. I, well, I think we actually have. We're just not calling it that <laughs> I think yet. We have actually. Oh gosh, let's let that simmer a little bit. Well, how about you, Sean? What's up? <laughs> oh man, uh, whatever the opposite of what you said is. Uh, uh, you know, you got you got all this. You're productive. Got all these personal things done. You know, the thing that normal people don't have the time in their normal day to do. Uh, it's a busy time in the Faber household. Uh, busy time at work. Running around. We hit the precipice of Max kid activities we need to dial that back i mean literally had to do a handoff at ballet practice to get here it's a whole thing well you're so at that point one. Yes. you've got one kid i, I know i know one Try kid three. put it this way one kid and it is gobbling up all of two <laughs> ad- grown adults free time <laughs> and we're doing something wrong we got to reassess obviously everything's great wonderful <laughs> kid wonderful wife everything but whatever the opposite of kent was you know he you know got his car washed and oh, ca- caught up on his dry cleaning and did all the things he's been meaning to do i didn't even do the things i have to do today so i got anyway. it all done in one day That's all i know i, I know say. super I am, jealous I I'm caught as, up, as usual. Caught up. We also have PETA with us. That's that other voice we're hearing. So the stars mm-hmm. have definitely aligned when we have PETA on the show. Oh, yes. How are you, PETA? I'm good. I'm really good. 
just had a long weekend, spent time out of the house, away from work. It's um, I kind of need to come back to work to have a bit of a rest, really. Yeah, I don't know what I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you do have thoughts. I, I have I thoughts. I'm, not, I'm, I'm holding back. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I drank. I motorbiked. I boated. Uh, it was wonderful. Yeah, I know. You mm. guys and your productive personal days. Peter, I have to say one thing, though. Uh, I was speaking with uh, a, a per- uh, a prospective client who is in mm-hmm. Australia. Oh, and oh. You, does <laughs> and that mean I, you're going to come over? Uh, possibly. Uh, it's, I'm under an NDA right now, but uh, when mm-hmm. the time is okay. right. Uh, but uh, my uh, guy I work with was like, oh, man, I don't know. What time is it there? And it mm. was 6 p.m. I'm like, oh, it's probably about 9 o'clock. He's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually 845. Like, how do you know that? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's my people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff. Well, glad you're here, Pete, and thanks for being able to join us this evening. This is going to be a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we move on, Sean, tell us about that opening number. Oh, that was Imagine Dragons. Everyone's heard that song. It's called Thunder. A little bit about these guys. Imagine Dragons is an American rock band formed in Las Vegas in 2008. Band consists of lead vocalist Dan Reynolds, guitarist Wayne Sermon, bassist Ben McKee, and drummer Daniel Platzman. Imagine Dragons gained mainstream popularity with their debut studio album, Night Visions. In 2012, the album was a commercial success and earned the band a Grammy nomination for Best Rock Performance. The band's sound is often described as a mix of rock, pop, and electric music, and their lyrics often deal with themes of personal empowerment, self-discovery, and overcoming adversity. Very uplifting. Love it. And you know what? I'm behind the times on Imagine Dragons, apparently, because our guest this evening... We always ask our guests, you know, who's your favorite band, that type of thing. And that has an influence on who we select for the music for the show. Mm-hmm. Well, our guest this evening said, uh, Spotify Top 50. So when I hear that, that like opens the door to basically pick whatever the heck I want, right? But I did look at like the 50 current, 50 most downloaded uh, songs on Spotify. And about, I don't know, out of the top 50, six of them were Imagine Dragons. And really? I'm like, I am missing the boat on Imagine Dragons, apparently. Well, so, is that I, right after Taylor Swift? Taylor, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And had, another had, number yeah. of other like Neo and all these other bands that I don't even know what they're not even bands. I don't know what they are. Um, they're music artists. Musician, musicians. Yeah, they're them. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I, I went to Imagine Dragons page or whatever, and I'm looking at the numbers and like, they don't have millions of downloads for their songs. It's like billion yeah. download for some oh, yeah. of these songs. Oh. And Insane. it's very worldwide success, too. It's surprising. Oh, you crazy, know? crazy. But good stuff there, for sure. We are, of course, in the Diamondback Landserving studio. Uh, shout out to our good friend, Trent Keenan, whose episode just dropped two days ago. Yeah, um, had a good, good combo. Great conversation combo with, Trent, with LTK. As always. Yeah, yeah he's the good best, stuff man. in there. He's the best. And, of course, he's posting pictures on Facebook of his, he's, you know, on the beach in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, literally the, recorded a, a podcast and then hopped on a plane to, to Mexico. Yeah, for, yeah. So the, but that's the way TK rolls. That is the way TK rolls. Yep. Mm, getting massages and mm. drinking cocktails. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's good to be TK. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. We'll just have to settle with a cold beer in the TK studio. And a slice of pepperoni pizza. Yeah, yeah, you know. You came it, through tonight, buddy. It's the little things. <laughs> it, oh, you have no idea how happy that makes me. <laughs> All right, uh, time for the Airworks Random Trivia of the Week. 
Sean, I have a feeling this is why we're running a little late this afternoon. Because you <laughs> yeah. did not do your homework. And you were uh, scrambling at the last second yes, to come up with some yes. random trivia. My, my one child between my two ad- or myself and my, my wife has been gobbling up all my free time. Uh, but I do have some trivia nuggets uh, about Star Wars. Oh, interesting. Nice. Couple of, couple of things that I didn't know. Uh, randomly watched a couple of just lit- sitting on the couch and... Some of the old ones were on. I'm like, oh, let me just, because I've never been a huge fan, but I've, and I don't think I've ever watched them all the way through. So anyway, moving on. Uh, <coughs> the word Ewok is never actually spoken out loud in the films. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. Uh, I'm sure most people know this, but uh, Jar Jar Binks is responsible for the destruction of the Jedi. Wow. You probably got to watch them all to really know what mm-hmm. that means. Because <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, We're going to yeah. find out more about Star Wars here. Um, the colors of the lightsabers had a meeting, or had a meaning. <laughs> the colors had a meaning. Yeah, well, lightsaber, yeah. So yeah. apparently the different colors mean something. I oh. didn't know that either, oh. other than I think red's the mean guy. Mm. Uh, and that opening, you know, the opening scene where the words crawl yeah. across the thing. Yep. Took them three hours to film that. Wow. Do you think that's a lot or a little? I think that's a lot. Mm. It seems like you could just like, you know, it was in the 70s, so you just write it out and then just slide it across and it's done, right? Crazy. Uh, And two more. Uh, Revenge of the Sith has more visual effects than any film in Mm. history. Wow. I did not know that. And you'll like this one. Yoda and the Muppets Miss Piggy Mm. are voiced by the same person. Wow. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I did not know any of those things. There are probably most of the, our listeners and most of the normal people probably knew a lot of that stuff. But normal people, normal people have seen most of. The, I, mean, I it's have a seen, very very we popular saying, movie right franchise before the show. I have seen one Star Wars, the, yeah. the very first one that was released like back in the seventies. I think that definitely puts you seventy seven. The there you go. That puts you in the minority. Mm-hmm. I am sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. Um, I need again. I need to go back and catch up on all these, apparently. Just take a nice little weekend, yeah. you know. Not all of them. Yeah. Not all. Oh, not all of them. So there's some that are better than others. Interesting. We'll hear, we'll hear about yeah. that, I'm sure. Mm. And there's apparently an order. <laughs> there's an order. Yeah, there's an order. And it's an not. order to watch them in. It's not how, the order they were released. Yeah. See, that makes perfect sense to me. Why would you release them in order? That would make no sense. Who knows? Anyways, it's Star Wars. Good stuff there. All right, let's move on. Advanced Geodetics Surveys, Weekly Words of Wisdom. We're going to be talking a lot tonight on this show about mentoring. Ooh. So here is a quote regard, or, um, pertaining to mentoring. I love this one. A mentor is someone who sees more talent and ability within you than you see in yourself and helps bring it out of you. Bob Proctor. Of course. Oh, yeah. Right? That's good stuff. That's a good mentoring quote right there. That is a good one. Before we get to our guests this evening, here is this week's Bad Elf Minute. Hello, Geoholics, and welcome to Bad Elf's Point of Beginning, a segment specially crafted for the consumption of geospatial news, history, and technology. We hope you enjoy the content and perhaps even learn something. My name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky. I'm a geoholic, and I'm here to be your geospatial guide. What are GPS tilt compensators? Well, devices that are used to correct the effect of tilting on GPS measurements are tilt compensators. When a GPS antenna is tilted, it can cause errors in the measurements, as the antenna's position and orientation are not accurately known. 
this results in inaccuracies in the surveying data. A GPS tilt compensator works by measuring the angle of tilt of the GPS antenna and compensating for it in the data calculations. This is done by using an internal sensor, such as an accelerometer or an inclinometer, to determine the angle of tilt. Uh, the device then uses this information to adjust the GPS measurements and correct uh, for the effect of tilting. The pros of using GPS tilt compensators in land surveying and field data collection are improved accuracy through the use of these compensators, time savings uh, because it eliminates the need to repeat measurements due to intent tilting, ease of use because they are generally easy to use and require minimal training, while some of the cons of using a GPS uh, GPS tilt compensator include cost. Sometimes these uh, devices can be fairly expensive, which may deter some field data collectors. Power consumption is also a concern because GPS tilt compensators require power, which can be an issue in remote locations where power sources are not readily available. And the susceptibility to environmental factors. GPS tilt compensators can be affected by environmental factors such as temperature, humidity, vibration, and other factors which lead to inaccuracies in the data. If you've ever used an inertial measurement unit or an IMU, you know what I'm talking about. If you have any questions or comments about today's POB segment, please reach out to me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. And that does it for us at B2 Studios in sunny Texas. Live long and prosper, my friends. Now we have presented by XYHT Magazine, of course, Michelle Williams. A little bit about Michelle here. Born and raised in Beaumont, California, and that is between Palm Springs and... Obviously, I cut and pasted and didn't get it. Palm Springs and what, And, and the ocean. Riverside. Riverside. Oh, okay. There we go. She attended well University of Redlands. Go. Fighting big trees? Bulldogs. Oh, Okay. Free, in her free time, she loves mountain biking, walking the boat docks, scrapbooking, and listen to this, her words not mine, listening to the geoholics. Hey, isn't that everyone's favorite pastime? Her current role is, uh, she's a, we are going to learn a lot more about this, Survey123 Jedi. She's passionate about mentoring the next wave of Survey123 Jedi and a battered women's academy, and we're going to learn so much more about all this. Michelle, welcome to the geoholics. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, man. I wish this was on video because Michelle does have the best smile ever. Well, we'll get she some does. video. We'll get some video she out does. there. But you're going to find her on Instagram and all, and LinkedIn and all the other stuff, which we're going to talk about all that. But before we do, we have to do the Trimble Pro Point Icebreaker. Oh, yeah. Tonight's question is, Michelle's going to go first, what's the most interesting geographical feature or landmark you've ever seen? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, it's got to be the Matterhorn in Disneyland. The Matterhorn at Disneyland. <laughs> I believe that does fall in that category. Right, Sean? I, I'll, I'll of go course. Yeah. The guest is always right. Yes. I'm, I'm going to have to Absolutely. Google that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How about you, Peter? Uh, I have to stay close to home and say the beautiful white beaches mm. of Jervis Bay. Ooh. Wait, isn't that where mm. you grew up? Yep. <laughs> Wow, that wow. is cl very close to home. <laughs> that is. Well, I'm not there now, but, you know, you walk on the sand and it squeaks. It's so white and clean and Interesting. it's just gorgeous. I love it. Mm. Uh, how about you, Sean? Oh, man, I, I, I've got several. Um, mm. 
uh, if it's most interesting, that's that's I, what it I did. Says. I did take the trip out to Devil's Tower. Been to a lot of national parks, but Devil's Tower was kind of cool to, yeah. to go and see. I'd say it's either between that one or in uh, Key West is the southernmost, yep, whatever southernmost that, that, yeah. that thing is. It's pretty cool to super to, cool, yeah, to be on that. End, yeah, so yeah, I'll go. I'll go with those two. <clears throat> All good ones. I mean, for me, it's like. Well, just because you said that, the thing that comes to my mind is like the beginning of Route 66 in California. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty that's cool. That's pretty cool. But other than that, I've been there. That's Santa Monica, yeah. right? Yeah. Santa, yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's kind I of. I thought cool. you were gonna that give us cool. some nerdy geo point that you know, like it's, you know, I'm Abraham Lincoln sent his first uh, <laughs> control point, and then it's it spawned all these things, and you you know went there and had a seance uh, and did the whole thing. No, I mean on that note though, the uh, the initial point in Arizona is really really cool. It's on top of a little mountain. I want to go there. Yeah, right next to NASCAR. Right by the NASCAR track. Oh, yeah. You can can stand up there and watch NASCAR races and stuff. I mean, but it is a, they did a really good job with it. It's super cool. And of course, like the Grand Canyon, that's something that will always stick out in my mind every time I go there and just look at the vastness of that. I'm just like in awe of it. So, and of course, like the biggest ball of thread, that, that one that's. Like the world record ball of thread. That's pretty cool. We're just going through all your family vacations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty <laughs> okay. much. All right, pretty cool. much. All right, let's talk. You about guys Michelle. have got to take a lot of pla- take me a lot of places when I come over there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we do. I'm yes, telling you, do. the only time, yeah, the last time you're here, we didn't leave a casino. No, for I know. Three days, so yeah. next yeah. time we're gonna actually get outside. And Hoover Dam stuff. Yeah, Could, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I wanted stuff. to go there. Why didn't so we get cool. there? Uh, I, I know. Lo- I know lots of reasons. Yeah, we were having so much fun. We didn't need to go anywhere. Yep, but next yep. time we're taking that helicopter ride out to Hoover Dam. No doubt. All right, enough about us. Let's talk about Michelle. Yes. So, Michelle, talk about where you so – do you currently live in Beaumont? I do. So you were born there, grew up there, and lived there. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Wow. And in your bio that you provided, you said it's sometimes referred to as Blomont. Yes. What is the meaning <laughs> of that? Okay, so – on your way to Palm Springs, so for your listeners, um, if you're coming from the Riverside area going down, we have two mountain passes on either side of us, and it, they kind of squish together <laughs> at where the freeway goes through to Palm Springs, and that we call it the pass, and um, we get some wicked windstorms that come through here. Oh, oh crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, is there a bunch of uh, of like the the windmills there, like the energy generating or windmills? Yeah, in Palm Springs there is. Yeah, um, they don't bring them on this side of the of the mountain pass. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I've driven through there many times on my way to Southern California, and uh, just the winds are just insane through there at times. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Perfect. I don't know if you know this. That's why they call it Blomont. Really? That's where that comes from. That's where that comes from. All right. On your your LinkedIn bio, uh, it says, you map the crap out of your world. I love that. Now you're talking our language. Tell us us about that quote. Where did that come from? And what does that mean to you? Yeah, I was getting ready to go to a chamber mixer. It was like this breakfast morning chamber mixer. And my mom is a member. And um she invited me and I'm all sure I'll go with you. And I'm all, Oh, I'm going to have to say something. So I'm thinking about, I have about five seconds to tell these people what I do and then get (laughs) out of there. And I want them to remember me. So I'm coming up with all these little cute little things and I'm all, 
I mapped the crap out of your world. That's awesome. And nobody ever forgets. Yep. So that's where it was born. And yep. it just, I liked it enough to stick with it. So is that, mm-hmm. uh, is it copyrighted or trademarked or anything like that? No. No? Mm. Not yet. So I can use it. You got to source it. <laughs> okay. There you go. Fair enough. We can do that. We can do that. We were talking about an elevator pitch for the Geoholic. <laughs> Yeah, we are working. We need on that. something it like is, that, and it is tough. Mm. Like it's tough. Oh, it's such yeah. a broad spectrum of topics and yeah, content. And, and, and that's people the first and, thing that people always ask: is what's yeah. it about? And we're like, uh, yep. uh, just a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, hmm. we should have a contest. Like the best uh, elevator speech from one of our listeners gets like a hundred dollar Amazon gift but card a one, or something. A one liner like that, I map the crap out of your world, is just awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Very, very catchy. No, no. Um, okay. So you, your full-time job, what is your full-time job exactly, Michelle? I work for ERM, Environmental Resource Management. Okay. And um, it's a worldwide company. We do a lot of environmental um, operations. Awesome. So I am in, I'm in the California region, the West Coast, okay. and um, we take care of all the utilities, hmm. uh, the big utilities that are out here. Um, some mining, some, I don't know, just anything that needs our assistance. Sure. Um, we, we have some magical people. <laughs> and what do you do at ERM? Um, I'm their survey one, two, three Jedi. So right. if you do survey one, two, three, and you ask ERM to do it for you, you're probably going to get me, um, or my team. I've been training people for the last year and a half and, um, now I don't have to do it by myself. Michelle, cool. do you want to explain to people what Survey123 is? Because I sure. think there might be some people that might not know what it is. Oh, okay. I know. Oh, look, Kent's putting his hand up. There you go. Um, <laughs> sure, too. <laughs> Imagine Let's you're going these out. boys. <laughs> Going why don't we know site. what this is, Sean? I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, I'm, I don't know why you don't know. It's horrible right well, now. Well, well, just <laughs> just zip it and let Michelle tell us. Yes. <laughs> I'm listening as intently as ever right now. Imagine you're going out to a site. You have a paper document that you're supposed to fill out all this information. So you need to say where you are, you know, whatever. This Maybe that's the cross streets and things like that. Um, maybe an address, maybe there's an owner on that property, things like that. You need to fill out all this information, kind of like the census. And um, so you're going in and maybe there's a broken pipe or maybe there's a piece of furniture that somebody put out for the trash to come pick up, but it's never getting picked up. So you're, you know, you're marking all these things on this form so somebody can go do that work order. Um, and then you take that back to your office and then somebody data enters all that and then there might be some mistakes, and then there's a work order that gets created, but they're not really sure where they're really supposed to go because, you know, the cross streets were wrong. All kinds of fun things can happen. So what Survey123 is, is it's an app. Uh, it's uh, the, the um, underlining app is through Esri, and um, it's called Survey123, and the really cool thing where I really love um, doing all the, all the um, logistics of it is it's a spreadsheet on the back end mm. and I can go in and tell the software all these different things to make survey one, two, three work the way that it's supposed to. 
So I build that build apps for inspectors to go out into the field. Gotcha. All right. I, so it works really well. We've used it. Yeah, I, I've used it, and and we're doing different surveys and stuff like that. We go out and do the surveys and set up the one, two, three, and collect all the extra data and add stuff to it. And yeah, it's all digitized for you. Tell me more, Peter. No, from the no users, paper. from the user side, explain <laughs> this to me a little bit more. Walk me through it. You open up your app and you say, "This is where I am." And okay. um, yeah, what what you're picking up? Like we might we went out and did a whole heap of um, drains for a council, um, so we we could survey GPS the drains and then pick up all the information of what size they were, and it all went into this this uh, survey one two three data platform and yeah um so is it for is it, is, information is it a data collection platform then is that what i'm hearing yeah okay and then what do you do with that information well, is this is this is there a gis application to this yeah you can put it on a map okay and all the data is all, all the data is there for that point you are You're a just jealous that I know what I'm talking about. Yes, I, I am. You can actually. hear it in his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right, let's yeah. move on from PETA. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you call yourself a Survey123 Jedi. Is there a process to get to Jedi level? Yes. <laughs> so there's a youngling. Those are people who are really new to Survey123, never built a survey, and those are the, their younglings. They're going to be there for a little while. And then you, you can get, um, get up to a Padawan status, which is somebody who is doing better than, um, they've probably been in it for three years and they're getting really good at it. They don't break as much as they used to. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the gurus and they're, those are just between a Jedi and a Padawan. And I had to have that in there because those are the really good survey one, two, three folks. If you go to their office, they're usually buried in work and stressed because they're the only one that does what they do and they're really good at it. So nobody else does it and they don't have enough time to train a team. And the Jedi status is when you start doing those mentorships and those, I do, I started out doing 30 minutes a week with my team, just teaching them something. And I, my boss came to me and he said, Michelle, if you know, if you don't, teach somebody how to do this, you're never going to take a vacation. And so I taught seven people how to do it. Oh, wow. And now we have a really good, strong team nice. um, to take care of that. I like that starting with half an hour a week teaching and then it's kind of led to, I mean, because, yeah, why do it all yourself when you can teach other people? Yeah. All right. I got a lot of questions. Um, so, <laughs> Peter, are you a, young, what is it, a young youngling? Mm -hmm. Oh yes, I would be. I I I have played with it um, on the back end, but not very much because I'm a surveyor. I'm not a GIS spatialist person, mm. so I know it. I understand it. I know what I want out of it, um, and then I go to my GIS specialist and say, "Well, we didn't ever classif classify him as that, but she's freaking awesome, Amy." Um, and say, Amy, this is what I need. I need this and it needs to have all of this and she'll just build it for me and it's done. This is crazy that I've never known about this. Wow. You really guys are just so far behind. We, we what are. in the world is going yes. on here? Well, if, I've if, never if felt like this on a show before. I am like, it's such a disadvantage. Well, if it wasn't clear based on the music, you know, as you're reviewing the top 50, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> driven home that you've never... 
You're just just behind the times. Ken. I don't know. Survey one, two, three. I, I absolutely am. Is this like an official program, or is this yeah. something that? No, I know survey yes. one, two, three is, but the the just downloaded the, the app. No, I understand the youngling, the Padawan, the Jedi. Is that something Michelle? Yeah, that's made a Michelle. Up? That's a Michelle thing. Oh, thank <laughs> God. That is Wait, not. Yes, but we've talked about this before. Is it something you can be certified in? Is there is there a certification piece of paper that you get when you become a Jedi? I haven't had anybody become a Jedi yet, Ooh. but there will be. Ah. Um, I have. If you meet me at the Esri conference, I have the coolest business card, and we're going to take that idea and make that the certification. Okay. So yes. Interesting. Yeah. So is there? Oh my God. Geoholics, will you send me to the Esri conference, please? <laughs> uh, maybe. If we can't go, we'll send you. If we can't go. You send me your, um, it is in send me San Diego. She adds more value than you do. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so this program then that you've developed, correct? This process to become a guru. Um, well, there's a there's a step above Jedi though, right? The guru. No, no, no. Or goes the guru, Jedi. guru Jedi. Guru and then Jedi. Mm-hmm. Guru Jedi. Guru yeah. Jedi. Then yeah. there's the Master Jedi's. Yeah, you clearly haven't Those seen the, the movies. <sighs> <laughs> I should probably just leave right now. I am adding no value to Negative this Negative value. Bye. Jeez. Oh, man. So how long does it take to become a Jedi? Well, it depends. If you're a guru and you just want to get that next step, you need to start training your team. That's how that, that's mm. how that status comes in. I actually have a program for that. So if you awesome. want they can ping me on LinkedIn. <laughs> so is it a, is the objective based on mentoring? Is, yes. It's all about mentoring. Um, what do you mean? The program itself about mentoring or? Well, the program that you've established. I do a lot of mentoring after my classes. Okay. So because people start diving into things and then things start going awry and I haven't, they haven't learned everything in 16 hours. I can get you to a really good spot in 16 hours, but then when you start working on something, I have a special student just dear, dear to my heart. Um, he took my class because he was going into a new, a new company, um, where, they did all survey one, two, three, and he needed to just get really good at it really fast. And um, sometimes he calls me and he says, hey, I don't know what to do in it with an SQ light file. And that's a file you get from your devices if it doesn't send the data to the cloud. And I go, I'll help you, what do you need? And so we, we figured out some things to get, to get the uh, device to actually send most of the files but there were two that were that they just wouldn't send, so um, we had to do some special things to get those two files. But these are these are things that you can't teach in the 16-hour course. So that's where that mentorship comes in. It's it's ever growing, and if you every single time there's a a new download of the software, somebody's survey is going to break somewhere because something wasn't connected to that one device mm. and the software came down and it just broke something. So figuring out, that's the process of figuring out why did that one unit break and then figuring out how to get that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's troubleshooting at its best. So 
that's where the seven years comes in. It's not wow. the building the survey. The building the survey is awesome, but it's how do you get all these error messages to go away? And I've seen them enough to where I can at least point you in the right direction. So how many people are, I guess, using Survey123? Is there, is there a number? I'm just trying to figure out end how. Users? Yeah, end, end users? Yeah. End users or end users? Oh, mm-hmm. a lot. Lots. There's. Well, you have to ask Esri. That's a good question. Yeah. I was just curious. Just it's, for, it's quite it's quite prop, popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for the surveys that I do, we probably have 70 people um, using those. And it's going to go up because it's almost fire season. And um, things wow. are wow. leaky in fire season. So I'm looking at this website and there was a live your genius retreat. Is that, mm-hmm. is that coming up in October or was that like last year, October? That one was last year. Okay. Is there going to be another? Yeah. Yes, there's going to be another. And it was scheduled for May, but that's too close to the Esri conference. And so I've pushed it out. I think I'm going to also do it in October this year too. It was just, it was perfect. The weather was perfect. It's far enough from the Esri conference that you can probably ask for some extra money from your from, from your corporation, and they might say yes. Yeah. What yeah. is it? That is mentorship and also survey one, two, three. Mm-hmm. So um, what that is, is you're going to get a lot of people when they're, they're moving to their next level, there's a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so you got to work through that. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of leadership that goes on with survey one, two, three, especially if you're the only one that does it, you really need to figure out how to train your team and how to delegate. Um, and you need to have that trust between you and your mentees um, to figure out who's going to take that on. And as you, as you train your people, you figure out, you know, who's really excited about this, who wants to, who's hungry. And, um, and I can see that as soon as we're, you know, we're almost finished, somebody's going, oh, I've got the survey I'm going to build. And they're doing some fantastic things because I've given them the baseline of, of how to create these. And then they're going out just finding the little piece that's extra special for them for their survey. And I think that's, that's the most awesome part of mentoring is they teach me also because mm. I can teach you what I know and I can teach you what I'm learning. But these, these Padawans and, and younglings, they, when they get hungry, they'll start just figuring out what they're going to do with something. One was really exciting. Um, everybody needs a unique identifier. Well, we wanted one that was specific to the project. So the project name and um, maybe a line type because we did some, um, some power lines. But we wanted a unique identifier for every single time you went out to take a survey. And so um, one of my Padawans went out and he found out that you could take the last five digits of, of that big long number that in GIS you have, the global ID number, you could take the last five digits and stick that on the, on the end. And now every single record has their own number and they have, and it's, and it's visually appealing to the end user. It's not just this big, long, ugly number. And um, I should say beautiful number. It sounds better. <laughs> this big, long, beautiful number. We're going to be inclusive. <laughs> but um, 
And then he came back and he said, he's, he's got this, this was really cool. And I was excited about it. And he put that in, I don't know how much you know about survey one, two, three, but, um, once you get into survey one, two, three, you've got, you've got your main survey and then you've got what we call repeats. So those are the things that you can go in and you can, um, you can inspect over and over and over and it doesn't change everything in the main survey. But when he put that, he copied it over to each one of those repeats. But in the, in the data, once it went to the cloud, those last five digits started changing. And he didn't know why. Well, we, we figured out that you have to actually flatten it and then copy the flattened version. That's probably way over your head. And I'm sorry, that's just nerdy of me. I nerded out in front of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, it's okay, Michelle. It happens a lot. A on, it happens a lot on this show. Uh, but uh, no, but it shows it shows the um, the different type of things that you've got to deal with, and and how you know. Well, surveyors probably don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> but if they're using these programs, either these are the things that they're looking at behind the scenes of of how it's all going to work properly. Um, and how we as surveyors can work in with spatial people to come up with the information that we need. I am really excited about this next friend of the program, GeoSearch. They are new for 2023. Sean, tell us about GeoSearch. GeoSearch is a company specialized in geospatial recruiting and staffing services. You know what? I can't believe it's taken three years, but they are recruiters that have a passion for matching job seekers for job openings in the geospatial industry specifically, including job titles such as GIS analysts, GIS developers, liner specialists, land surveyors, as well as management and sales positions. Yeah, that's really great. They have a network of an industry contacts and a thorough understanding of the geospatial job market really allows them to efficiently connect companies with the talent that they are looking to hire. And we know that it is a competitive Man, world right now in the geospatial uh, profession. This company offers a variety of services for both job seekers and employers, including job search assistance, resume writing, I might have to call them, and interview preparation for job seekers and employer branding and sourcing for companies. How can folks find out more? Uh, just go to geosearch.com. Uh, Michelle, I got to ask, uh, how did how did this all kind of start? At what how did you get interested in 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 survey one two three to begin with, or maybe what what even got you to get to the point to be interested in that to start kind of this process? I would have to say it probably was my undergrad program. I had a mentor. I love mentors. I've always I've, I've always needed mentors, but I had a professor who was really a really good mentor. And the first day that we showed up to class, he had us kind of bring our resumes, and this is you know this is where we are so that he could figure out however who everybody was and by the end of the class i was just eating up the gis portion of um of his class and he said michelle i'm supposed to keep you over here on our side that was the business side and he goes i'm supposed to tell you to go get an mba and a certificate in gis but i need i need you to go over to the master's program because you're going to be in gis all the time and we had one class in our on our graduate program um, for survey one, two, three, just enough to tell me that's where I wanted to live. Hmm. And that's, I, I was always looking for something that, that was uniquely mine and that was it. I mean, you knew right away, like one class, that's all it that took? That class, 
that class? Well, wow. that class in my in my um, graduate program, but you know, I I had a GIS course that was where my, my mentor was, um, in the undergrad program. But I had to take a lot of classes before I took that survey one, two, three class to figure that one out. I mean, that's amazing. It is. Kent, did you have one class that really got you and you knew? All right, I already know you didn't. PETA, did you have no. one class? <laughs> you know what? Here, I beg to differ. I had a bowling class in college. That might have set my interest off as far as uh, curling goes. A bowling class. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was like a two-credit class. Southern Illinois University. It's like the Harvard, the Harvard of the Midwest. Bowling? <laughs> yeah. How, how do you get I, I credits... Know. Uh, it, uh, what? Oh my God! Hey, Sean asked. Peter, Peter, what about you? What did you have that one that one class or that one thing that really got you and you knew you wanted to be in this profession? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't need. Well, no, I don't think I did either. Like, I, uh, I, uh, but I can say that I know that, like, once I was in the surveying industry, and. I started teaching people how to use Civil CAD, the CAD program, that I knew that I wanted to keep teaching people and that's how I got on into my education side. Okay, all right. I just think it's uh, an amazing story that, Michelle, you can sat in a class and knew that's where you wanted to live for the rest of your life. That's really, really cool. Mm. That is cool. That's cool. I mean, I started off in nursing, so how I ended up in surveying is beyond me. Man, I could not imagine your bedside manner. <laughs> is that really? a, was that a compliment, Sean? Yes, it was. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You definitely found what... Let's reel it back yeah, in okay. here. Can, <laughs> I, can, I ask back a question, can I ask a question to Michelle? So I follow you on LinkedIn and social platforms and stuff like that. You we're just going back to the mentoring thing. You posted a video about mentoring um, last week, this week. I can't even remember now. Um, what what do you do in that? Is is it a specific program now that you're actually doing with the mentoring? Because um, I love being a mentor and and helping people, like being a teacher, helping people is what I do, um, seeing them progress. And, and I also learn things from them as well. So how, what is it that you're doing? Please tell me. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you for asking. It's, it's a new program. Um, we started it last Friday. Um, so it's very <laughs> new. This is just... <laughs> Okay, so everybody knows I do survey one, two, three, but I have a passion for folks who are just getting out of college, getting into you know into their job. So I started this mentorship program. I call it Mentorship Meetup, and it's for new folks or folks who are transitioning to GIS. And a lot of what I found out last week was we have a lot of folks who need a job, and they and some folks are. Um, you know, when, when you've been looking for a job so long, you kind of just get in this, you know, well, maybe I don't, maybe mm -hmm. I don't want to do GIS. I'm going to go do, I'm going to be a barista instead because that's easier to get a job than this GIS thing. And um, for me, when I was in that position, I was finishing my thesis, hadn't finished it yet. Um, it was right before COVID and I had been, without a job for a long time. And, 
it, I was just getting, I was getting a little scared and probably not, you know, not, not that aura that you see today. But um, what I do is I, I want those people to know that there's a job out there for you. If you need to take that barista job, do it part-time so you suffer just enough. You can pay your bills, but suffer just enough that it pushes you to continuously look for that job in GIS. <laughs> because if you're comfortable, you're paying your bills, you're comfortable, you're not looking for that GIS job that you just spent $70,000 on your degree on. <sighs> so, yeah. you know, it's make it painful enough. You got to be, you got to be able to float, but make it painful enough that you remember you need to go look for that other job. So that's what we're doing. We're, I have a book um, that I always tell my, my new folks to read. I said, it's called the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And I always tell them, I say, read this every year because you're going to be going into your next level all the time. And as long as your mental state is good and you are positive and you know that you know that you know, people want you to be in their circle. Mm. Um, getting that first job, going on that first interview is not about your skills. They already know you're new. It's really about how you present yourself. Mm -hmm. Are you asking the right HR question mm. in that interview? And being interesting because people want to bring you into their circle if, you, if they think that you're going to fit in their community. And really, that's all it is. But I think as we're looking for jobs, we just get so hard on ourselves. We're just looking at ourselves, look at ourselves. And it really... It, it causes you to doubt yeah. and you get, you know, upset with yourself and things like that. And that's going to be portrayed in your interview. And then mm -hmm. they're going, well, they're not really happy. So um, I, I'm, that's what I'm working on. So we're going to go into our second week um, and we're going to do some, um, some kind of soul searching. And we're just going to do that for a little while and um, figure out where we go from here. How many people, like how, how, how did you start it? I just, I asked the question on LinkedIn. I, it was called tweeners and tweeners. Um, it says, are you a tweener? Um, oh, is yes. this, did you see that one? Yes. With the I little did. graduation hats. Yes. And yep. um, so it's, if you're a tweener, that's you're between your, you know, your mm -hmm. college and your dream job. Yep. Um, you've got to be able to get that dream job. That sounds so like Sean. I am between You're still looking for that dream college job. and my dream job. Yes. That yeah. describes Aww, a lot you're of people. Tweener, Shawnee. I am. I am. <laughs> tweener. I love it. <laughs> is is there a short is there a shortage shortage of people in the spatial side, in the GIS side? Like we surveying we have massive shortages. Is there the same sort of thing on the spatial side? I think there would be a I, I don't think there's a shortage. I think there's a shortage of hiring okay here's how it is we want to hire people who've been in in gis for three or four years because mm -hmm. they already got the you know they've got their learning curve out of the way and we expect i'm saying we not myself but just people who i know who are hiring we're trying to hire um somebody that's what we call a cl3 it's it's your third your third tier up and um, from what I understand, we keep getting a rejection letter from the end user because 
they're expecting more hmm. and good for them because I'm glad that they know what they need and what they require because um, I think GIS is like a black box and corporations and people in upper management don't understand what GIS is and how amazing the tool is. And we are, you know, and, and us in general. And I really think they need to pay GIS people more money. Whether you're, whether you're brand new, I always try and tell people, um, I like to tell people what I make. And I will tell them offline because I was told not to tell people in public. <laughs> but we can have that conversation. It's a big taboo, isn't it? It is. They're like, Michelle, you can't do that. <laughs> okay, I won't do that anymore. At least right now. But we'll talk about it later. <laughs> but um, as the out of college, I, I love my husband's going to school right now. And, and I love his base pay that he wants. He says, I need to be able to make this at least the same amount of money that my degree cost me. And I love mm. that base pay for new people because mm. you really, that's a great way to remember, you know, it, if yeah. you have a bachelor's degree and, and it costs you $40,000 from a private university, you should at least make $40,000. If you have a master's degree and you paid 40,000 for the undergrad and then you paid another 20,000 or whatever it is for your master's, you better start at that, that, that should be your base pay. So there you go. Mm, I've never heard that before. That's a good, <laughs> uh, no, that's that's a good rule of thumb. I think I paid like $18,000 to go to Southern Illinois. Well, it is the Harvard of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> go Salukis. Uh, yeah, my education was, was stupidly cheap for being in, in right. state in North Carolina. It's just a different, yeah. it's, a, it's a whole different yeah. thing. But I like that idea, though, that Michelle brought up. That's, that's oh, absolutely interesting way of looking at it, for sure. Yeah. Huh. Um, so what's the, uh, so you said you started last week, you know, <laughs> Which I'm still blown away by that. <laughs> what's the, you know, what's the vision? What's the goal? Where, where do you see that going? Where do you want it to go? Well, I believe what's going to happen is we're going to have, so we have about 50 people right now that are just coming that showed up last week. I don't remember what the number was, but, um, it's a good, it's a good number. And I'm hoping that they will continue to tell their friends um, if I make an impact on them. I know that at some point in time, they're going to go, they're going to have their job and survey one, two, three is going to come up and somebody's going to want me to train them or their team. Mm. It's going to be available. So, yep. you know, it's a good place to start because It's a good place to start. How about that? Yeah. So how, how do, <laughs> before we dig into it a little bit more, how do folks find out more about it? Um, they can look at Michelle Williams, Survey123, Jedi, and Google, and I'll be the first LinkedIn that shows up. Mm. There's a lot of Michelle Williams out there. So I just tell you, just include Survey123, Jedi, and Jedi. you'll find me. Mm -hmm. Hey, Kent. Tell us about one of the OG friends of the program, Safety Apparel. Oh, my gosh, Safety Apparel and Matthew Stansberry. They have been with the Geoholics from day one. And in addition to that, they have reinvented Safety Apparel for surveyors with the highest quality materials and most functional and versatile vests the safety industry has ever seen. 
Man, they really have. Safety Apparel offers ANSI CSA compliant, high visibility surveying construction vest, and reflective traffic control gloves, hats, stickers, and patches. In addition, they will provide you with company logos and other designs on vests, shirts, jackets, etc. And Safety Apparel is also introducing the newest member of the Party Chief family, the Summer Yellow Class 3, with zip-off sleeves for Class 2 and Class 3 compatibility. Check them out at safetyapparel.us and send them an email at info at safetyapparel.us with your needs specifically, and they will do their best to get you headed in the right direction. So talk about your mentors. Was there one or two that stick out in your mind that have made an impact on your life and your career? Yeah. Um, my first, actually my second job, I went to ITT and I was a drafter by trade. So I worked in manufacturing for several years. And um, my second manufacturing job, I actually went into document control because I really enjoyed the, um, the analytics of it all. And I got to work directly with the engineers. Uh, my boss was a really good boss and he wanted to, um, he wanted to, he was, he wanted me to be the best I could. And it wasn't about, you know, most bosses, it's like, it's more of, you know, you're just there to do your work, but he, he was a really good boss. And um, I remember I was doing a task and I like to get the task organized, ready to go. And, and then I found out I like to just leave it there. Not a good, not a good thing to do. And he brought me aside and he goes, Hey, Michelle, what's going on with that over there? And I go, Oh, well, I was really excited. I got, I, I know how to do it. And I just got busy and he goes, so is it available? It's done. You, you know how to do it. You can organize. It's all organized to the way that you think it should be. You just don't have time. Really? I just didn't want to do it. But he goes, he goes, you have three girls over there. Go show one of them how to do it and then get that off your plate. And I go, oh, that's perfect. Let's do that. So it was like I I found out that I have, um, <laughs> I like to do things on my own and I'm afraid to give things away because somebody might do it the same way that I do it. Are you, are you <laughs> an Aquarius by chance? That's no, stupid. I'm a Pisces. Oh, <laughs> oh close. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go so ahead. it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of mentoring. I needed to get out of my head and I just needed somebody to say, it's okay, Michelle, just go give it away. Learn how to give that stuff away. So I also had a meeting with my boss today at work and I, I, we were talking about a project that I'm working on and I got and it. And it's, it's a complex project. It's, it's one nobody else wanted. So they gave it to me, you know, Michelle will do it. <laughs> um, I've gotten it to where it's really dialed in. I've got tools built and things like that. I'm really excited. And so I told my boss, so he goes, hey, we have this new guy that we want to hire. Um, you know, do you, do you think you want to show him this project? I go, hey, I'll give it away. I'm excited. He goes, and he goes, I thought you wanted to do, you know, we do more in GIS and not so much in Survey123. I go, no, 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 that was your idea. <laughs> I like complex projects. I like to get them set up, and then I want to give them away so that somebody else can take them over so I can get a new project. Mm. And so he's under, he understands now <laughs> the way that my mind works. So, so that all goes together. Your social media. Tell me about it because you do – I see a lot on LinkedIn. Do you use the other platforms much? 
how do you use it? How do you use it to your benefit? Okay. Um, I had a business coach. She is a great mentor mm. and she did everything in Facebook. And so Ugh. all of her teachings was, was in Facebook. <laughs> and I like to separate my platforms. Mm. Facebook is my friends and family. Mm -hmm. If you see my Instagram, it's because it started out on Facebook, not because I posted wow. it on Instagram. Um, so those are like my, those are like family friends. That's me, fluffy me, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, LinkedIn I use for professional because that's where my clients are. And so for the last year, I've tried to been figuring out, you know, what's working, what's not working. Um, I noticed that in LinkedIn, people are very professional. They wear their yes. suits and their makeup and their hair is all beautiful. And they're, you know, oh, here I am. Unless you're connected to me. <laughs> There's people like us who can live out loud yep. and they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. You're going to see my cry face on LinkedIn because I had a bad day. And, um, you know, I'm, you're going to see my hair messed up because I was sleeping on it, but it looked really cool in the light. <laughs> it's a weird thing because oh, that's who I am. I don't want you to think, you know, when, if you come and see me at the Esri conference, I don't want you to think I'm all put together all the time because yeah. I'm not, I'm normal. And I want you to see how normal I am because that's going to make you feel like you can relate to me. I'm not an, exactly. an amazing superhero. Like, some people I know, but I'm pretty badass at what I do. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love that because I don't care what platform it is. It's unless you're showing every side or every aspect, it's not real. Something else, Michelle, that I know is very real to you is um, your own personal why. And I want to make sure that you get an opportunity to talk about that because I know it's something you're extremely passionate about. Sure. Mm. I want to hear about this. 20 years ago, I came, I, I had this idea for a battered women's academy. And um, it probably stemmed from the bad boys I was dating. I never was hit or anything like that, but there were some control issues and, and um, some things I probably shouldn't have been involved with. So um, 20 years ago, I thought, okay, um, how can I make ladies stronger who maybe didn't get out of a situation that they were in because of, for whatever reason, um, so it's going to be a battered women's academy. It's a retraining, more mentorship. Um, and we have about, I think it's about seven semesters that we've put together. Wow. Um, I have a, a very silent team behind me of ladies who have gotten out of relationships and are now strong in their own self. And um, it's an amazing, uh, the idea is amazing. It's, we're going to have to have this huge piece of land and these ranch houses and a uh, water feature so that we can fish. We're going to plant fields of um, vegetables so that we can live off the land. Um, the ladies are going to learn things like um, the first couple semesters are going to be soft skills that they probably already are comfortable with, housekeeping, childcare, um, getting into some computer skills. Um, and then we're going into men's tech. Uh, 
because I don't want them to feel like they have to have a man and that they are dependent on a man in order to get to where they're going. So um, we're going to do a little bit of construction, a little bit of um, electrical engineering, some piping maybe, things like that. Whatever it is, I, I'm not really sure. And through the whole program, they're going to be um, they're going to be trained. So we're going to get these dogs from shelters because they're going to need love. And so this family is going to have this dog. They're going to train the dog. The dog is going to, um, they're going to, by the end of the course, this is going to be their dog they can take home and it's going to protect their family. Mm. Um, That's awesome. Wow. It's just, it's, and you know, with this dog, it also, you know, the dog's going to need love. They're going to need love. The whole process of bonding that family together because of this dog, um, they're going to learn to nurture. They're going to learn to, you know, all these different feelings that m the rest of us have that they might be lacking because um, of the situations that they were in. And then their graduation present, we don't know how this is going to happen because this is where the law gets um, really tricky, but I'm hoping that six degrees of separation, somebody's going to help us. Um, we want to be able to get these ladies, these families, and put them in a new location, hmm. either outside the state or outside the country, and then having host families um, that will take them in for a year, and maybe they're learning a new, a new, a new language and learning their skills. Something that's so far removed from those bad feelings and, and things that are going on so that they can't go back to that right away. Cause sometimes I don't know what it is in your brain, but sometimes you think that this other person has changed and um, mm. that's, there's, there's just so much that goes on with that. So we've been thinking about that. Um, I actually wrote it down because I, I was in Amway for a little while and my, uh, my upline said, Hey, Michelle, you got to write that down. I'm because I was, we were at coffee in Redlands. And um, I, we were telling we were telling our wise, and he goes he goes you need to write that down. So I wrote it down, and it's just been growing. And then uh, someday either I'm going to do it or somebody else is going to want it, and they can have my my plan and they can do it. But that's where the GIS comes in. I've got to make a lot of money to fund this project. <laughs> You're right. That's yes. yeah. That's what I was going to say. This is needs a lot of backing behind it to get it yeah. going. I mean, it, I, the idea oh, is incredible, amazing. and it really it's, is. It's obvious when I hear you talk mm. and. Uh, you're incredibly passionate about this and it is driving you, but like, so what's the next step? I mean, how do you continue to inch this along? It's an, it's, it's a massive effort. Yeah. Um, the first thing we did is we started posting small pieces of the, um, of the project. So on LinkedIn, if you look up, uh, back to you Academy, um, that's what we call it back to you. And you is spelled E W E because, um, I'm a Christian. And so back to Jesus, but back to you, I don't know, it, it's, it seemed to work for me. So we, we've gone with that and, um, we put the schedule out, it's on a OneDrive, so people can actually go in and they can update it for us and, because your background and my backgrounds are different, but you may see something that might be really awesome in this, you know, second semester that I, nobody ever thought about. So we just put it out in, in the public so that they can go out and, um, and actually, it's a live live data. If anybody ever wanted a copy, all they had to do is grab it. They they could have a copy of it. It's not private because 
I may not be the one who actually does it. I just might be the vessel that somebody else needed so that they could do, maybe they have backing, maybe they have a battered women's shelter and they'd like to turn it into an academy. I don't know, but it's out there. So um, I'm open. I, mm. I, it used to be my baby. I used to hold it really close to the vest. And then um, one of my ladies and I were talking about it and I go, I'm, I'm 48 years old. I don't know if I'm gonna do this. And she goes, why don't we just put it out there into the world and see what happens? I go, yeah. okay, let's do that. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, manifesting all the time, you know, and if you do yeah. just that, you never know. You mentioned six degrees of separation. You never know who's going to listen to this podcast. You never know who's going to see your post on social media. And uh, something amazing could happen. Well, I do know that something amazing won't happen if you don't share it and don't get it out there. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, good for you. Um, mm. Well, you got, you got something down there, Pina? No? No. Sorry. Oh, oh, I you, well, I'm just I thought, my, yeah, I'm ready. A, See, I misread you. That's why I don't have these you videos up. <laughs> I thought she was giving me the high sign. I got something to say. <laughs> no, my just my mind spinning on, I, I think it's just amazing on <clears throat> even having a personal why. And, and I think that that's it's, very, yeah. I was it's, thinking that I, too. I think it's amazing, especially um, you know, saying where you you weren't completely in that position because I I've been there and I know other people who have been there. And you say why they go back, it's because they don't think that they're good enough and that nobody else will take them and that they're not strong enough to do it on their own. So you get beaten down that much that you honestly believe that that's you've got no choice because it's your known. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Maybe one of you two ladies know the answer to this. I remember seeing a statistic at some point where it was massive percentage. I don't know what it was, but the num the percentage of women that have been in abusive relationships and abuse comes in so many different shapes and forms. You know, mm -hmm. um, and it was just it was, it was like mind boggling to me, mind boggling. So it it, it is a serious problem for sure. And the different forms of a, that, that abuse yeah. manifest. It's not, not, yep. not, it's not as simple as you think. And, yep. and just being aware, mm. it's pretty crazy. Yep. Horrible. Yeah. So what else, Michelle? What are you excited about? Well, I'm excited about being one, 170 on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. I had to Google 170 and see if there was anything Star Wars related. <laughs> <laughs> and what'd you find? It's better than Star Wars. So oh, it's a starfighter. It's called an ARC 170 starfighter. So we've put ARC GIS and Podcast 170 wow. into Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Oh, we awesome. must have manifested that. I don't know. Crazy. I was so excited. That is awesome. <laughs> See, everything happens for a reason. No question. No question. <laughs> so what do you, are you like? What's your what do you think? thinking things are going to look like in 10 years in the perfect scenario. What, what's it going to look like 10 years from now? Okay. Um, I have She's this very dream. excited. <laughs> so at the Esri conference, um, once my business gets bigger and I can afford to do something amazing, I'm going to have an experience for people to do survey one, two, three Jedi experience. And I already have people in place that I'm going to get to do all of these really cool things. I can't tell you what it is. It's expensive. You want to though. I can tell. 
I'm excited because there's that, I think there's that big arena that's right across the street and it would, it would hold these activities. I'm just excited. I can't tell you anything else. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I have an idea. You do, do you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll yeah, I don't, I don't want to uh, give it away, but I have an idea. Of you talk what I offline think of, of the of the survey one two three experience. Interesting, like. interesting. I'm just curious: is there a four five six on the horizon? Oh, hmm. four five six <laughs> survey four five six. <laughs> hey, survey only an engineer. Only an engineer would come up with that one. <laughs> no, no, an engineer would be like survey four divided by two. That's what he would come up with. <laughs> P.E., professional everything. <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> uh, so what else, Michelle? What, what else do you want to get out there? Oh, I love platforms like this. You ask me these open-ended questions. Yeah, yeah. No, pol- uh, no politics. No politics. No politics. I, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm here. Whatever everybody wants to do, I'm here. Live your best dream. Live in your genius. But let me tell you about living in your genius. I didn't know about this, this, is, this until I read this. this big leap book because it's always talking about being in your genius. So there's a difference between living in your genius and living in your excellence. A lot of people live in their excellence because that's what they're good at and that's where they feel safe. But when you step beyond excellence and do what you want, what your body wants you to do, and when you go forward doing what your body wants you to do, you start living in your excellence. And that's when you see people floating on a whole new plane because they love what they do and they do it because they love it, not because they're good at it. And it's funny because so many people that I know they're all, Michelle, you can't build a business on survey one, two, three. Watch me. I'm going to do it. Hmm. I am having so much fun living out loud, living who I am and doing what I want to do. I'm going to, I'm training corporations to do what I do. All I have to do is just keep doing what I'm doing because it makes me happy. I love it. Can't argue with any of that. I cannot no. argue with any of that. <laughs> I mean, Michelle Williams, survey Sean, one, two, Sean, three, Jedi. Seriously. Like, he's, yeah. uh, he's just like going, oh my God. I know. I no, know. Sean's I, like, people can actually be this happy. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. Well, yes. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's partly jealous, partly in, you know, very envious, very curious, and more importantly, uh, Impressed and yes. um, I mean, definitely, really good stuff. Definitely. How about you, Pete? Any uh, any final words? Oh, I I think it's I think it's really good what you just said then because um, you know we have a shortage in surveying and everyone's going oh but surveying's boring or why would you go into surveying and I now kind of tell people well it's not just land surveying and there's so many different niches that you can go into that you've got to find that one that you really enjoy and you know your scanning or your CAD or no matter what it is depending on what you're interested in in your everyday life that that enthusiasm can go into those different areas of surveying as well. So, yeah, that, that 
yep. I could just resonate with what you said just then. Yep. It's all geospatial, right? It is. For sure. I was thinking, uh, um, we were talking earlier about an elevator pitch for the geoholics and kind of yes. and, and I, what I was just thinking about was we talk about how there's a shortage and we want to get more people involved in all of these industries, survey, GIS. And I think this and other platforms like it are a megaphone and an example for everybody else that they can see people that are super passionate and really, really, really like what they do with mm -hmm. You know, myself excluded because as Kent, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not always happy at my job. That's, I think that's an <laughs> overstatement. Actually, I have a really good, we have, uh, I love my job, <laughs> love all the people with it. But besides, what, what I'm trying to get at here is most, if not every single person we've had on this show, and Michelle is an awesome example of it, super passionate, love what they do, do what yep. they love. They're like, and it's almost like, I want to show kids and people and the, the tweeners like, hey, look, here is 170 people that absolutely love the crap out of what they do. Yep. And yours is out there and it might even be one of those 170. Yep. Producer Sean, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was, uh, I was really working. I on love that. that, man. I love. We that. don't even need a clapping button for that one. Right. <laughs> I think I think you brought a tear to my eye. That yeah. was that was a lot of passion there, buddy. Thank you. Uh, but no, really good stuff, Michelle. Thank you again for uh, for taking the time to join us. I was excited to have thank this you. conversation, and it did not disappoint. That's for sure. Sean, I think you've got a question to ask. You do actually, yeah, uh, yeah, and, uh, and then the last question um, we always touch on, and I think you really said it a, a second ago, but I'll give you a chance to say it again, Michelle. <laughs> do you have a mantra that you live by? Hmm, I think I'm gonna have to stick with um, living out loud, or yeah. living in your genius. Yeah. One of those. Nice. Yep. Can't argue with those. Both good ones. Anything else? No. Before no, we wrap that's this it. up. No. Thanks again, Michelle. What was the what was the book that will tell me how to live in my genius again? Um, the Big Leap. Oh, nice! All right, The Big Leap. There we it's go. A little fish in a little bowl, and then a big a big bowl. <laughs> That's what you're looking for. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Michelle. That was awesome. Adding value and making friends. If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show, shoot us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. I believe we're booking into July June. at the moment. July. June, July, something like June? that. Yeah, yeah, June. So uh, you're going to want to get on the calendar. Let's just put it that way. Imagine Dragons, Thunder, available everywhere. Until next time, do what your body wants you to do. Live in your genius. Most importantly, live out loud. Be safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs>